Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to yet another episode of Everyday Truths. So appreciative of uh, your faithfulness to the Lord and to His Word. We're in a tough passage of Scripture. Uh, As you know, we're talking about this church at Laodicea, the church of the Laodiceans, the Bible calls it. And they're a lukewarm church. We talked about lukewarmness uh, last episode and just how dangerous that is. Not hot or cold, but, but lukewarm. And I'm afraid that lukewarmness, that kind of that tepid, middle-of-the-road kind of Christianity is just all too pervasive in uh, American Christianity for sure. And uh, people need to be on fire for the Lord. That's where we get that term, be zealous, be hot. We're going to find the admonition here in a moment. But before we talk about that, let's talk a little bit about what does lukewarmness look like? And what, what were the factors that contributed to the Laodiceans' lukewarm spiritual condition? So look at verse number uh, 18. Uh, actually, verse number, verse number 17, where the Lord ca- kind of calls them to task for what they were putting their confidence in. Look at verse number 17. Jesus says to them, Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Wow, what what a, a rebuke. So the Lord said, here's what you think about yourself, but here's what's actually true about you. And what you think about yourself is the exact opposite of what is really true. So it's not even that they came close. It's not even that they, well, you know, they kind of overestimated themselves a bit. No, it's not even that. It's that they totally missed an accurate view of themselves. It's as if they looked in the mirror and saw somebody else. It's as if they looked in that looking glass and saw an image that bore no resemblance to what they actually look like. So let's talk about two things. First of all, let's talk about what they thought they looked like. Sometimes you you think you look other than you do. And it takes an accurate look into the Word of God to say, oh, oh, I didn't realize I had that on my face all day long. I didn't realize my hair was a mess. I didn't realize. So watch what happens in verse number 17. Because thou sayest, here's your self-testimony. I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. So the, the city of Laodicea was known for its wealth. They were an economically prosperous place. Yet it, it, from, the, in, from a business standpoint, you, you'd love to live in Laodicea. The economy was good. Jobs were uh, easy to get. You, you could work in the textiles industry. They were known for their black wool which was especially popular around the world, the rich black wool in the textile industry. They were also known for, uh, they were a medical community. 
You know, for some years I lived in uh, Pitts, the Pittsburgh area. They were known as a, a medical community, a hospital community, um, and they were known for um, the temple to Asclepius, who was the um, the god of, of of medicine. So they were known for this, and especially were they known for a special eye salve. People that had eye trouble, which was common back in those days, would go to Laodicea to get this eye salve. So they were very prosperous, both in, in business and in the money they made because of business. And because of that, their riches caused them to erroneously think, hey, we don't need God. We don't need God. We're rich. We're, we're, we're increased with goods. We don't need anything. And that is a danger to having stuff. A, a danger to having stuff and having money is it gives us a false sense of security. That I don't need God. I don't need to pray for my daily bread. My refrigerator's full. I don't need to pray for protection. I've got a roof over my head and I've got doors that lock and windows that lock. Why do I need God? And, and that was creeping into this, this incipient atheism was creeping into even the church itself because they had become more and more self-reliant on their resources and their stuff. Remember what the writer of Proverbs said. He said, Lord, I pray that you would give me bread sufficient for me because if I have too much, I tend to forget about you. If I have too little, I tend to curse you. So Lord, just give me what I need. What a great prayer. Uh, that ought to be our prayer because sometimes in our prosperity, you know, persecution has slain its thousands, but prosperity has slain its tens of thousands. And I'll tell you, just even in my experience as a senior pastor, it's the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches that all too often choke the word of God. And our priorities become misplaced. Our schedules betray an, an affection for this world, a priority on things that don't matter. And that that's what was happening uh, in Laodicea. That's why the Bible says, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Later in that same passage, Paul told Timothy, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, which giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, what matters is not the stuff that sifts through our hands, the stuff that we can never take with us. What matters is our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's why Jesus said 
uh, it's, it's difficult for a rich man to be saved. Uh, that rich young ruler walked away from serving Jesus and following Jesus. Why? Because he had many riches. Uh, Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he, which he possesseth. And so Jesus comes right after it here in Revelation chapter 3 to say, you think because you have stuff, you think because you have status, you think because uh, your bank account is full and your storage unit is full that somehow you're being blessed of God and that's the sum total of God's blessing and you don't need anything else and you couldn't be farther from the truth. So what does Jesus say is actually true about this church? Well, look at it. Verse number 18, he says, uh, verse number 17, rather, but you don't know. You knowest, thou knowest not that thou art wretched. What a word. Miserable. Poor. Uh, the Bible says uh, blind, naked. You're like uh, the person out in the street with nothing. You're like the homeless beggar. That's what you really are in my sight. Now, you might look for all intents and purposes as if you've got it all together, but from a spiritual vantage point, boy, you are in dire straits. Remember in our study of the book of 1 John, what John said to Gaius, in the, I'm sorry, the book of 3 John? Remember he said, I wish that, you're, that you would prosper physically the way you are prosperous spiritually. So Gaius was a man that loved the Lord. And John said, wow, I pray that God blesses you with some physical blessings the way he's blessed you spiritually. But in this case, their physical blessings have robbed them of a spiritual focus. And how sad that is. Real quickly, let's see if we can come, cover one, one other verse. Look at verse number 18, where the Lord says to them, because this is your condition, I counsel thee. But when the Lord gives us counsel, we, we ought to follow it. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. And all that means is, hey, set your affection on things above, not on things of this world. And what are the things that matter? The things that relate to me, a relationship with me, my word, my way, my will, uh, the peace and joy that I can give. You won't find happiness, success, or any kind of a permanent validation outside of Christ. So I'm telling you, get your focus off your stuff and off yourself and get it back on the Savior. So I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. And what he means by that is tried and tested. Uh, that's why we have that great cloud of witnesses uh, there in Hebrews chapter 11. If you would just take a moment and think through the, the lives that have really mattered down through history, the people that will be glad for all eternity, for what they gave, what they sacrificed, who they were, you're going to find that that's gold tried in the fire. If you ch chase wealth and, and health and fame and pleasure, you're going to learn what everybody else who's ever chased those things has learned, what Solomon already told us. It's not worth it. So Jesus is saying, please change your priorities. I counsel thee. Then he says in verse 18, that thou mayest be clothed. 
uh, that thou mayest be, um, rather, that thou mayest be rich, truly rich. And white raiment have real uh, clothing uh, that matters. White raiment, we'll talk about that next episode. That thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Again, so many of these illustrations speak directly to what was clouding the vision of the people of Laodicea. And so these metaphors are chosen just so poignantly, and we're going to come back to them again next episode because we're out of time for today. So uh, let's ponder uh, this, this whole thought today that the way you see yourself oftentimes is not the way God sees you. So ask for his wisdom. Immerse yourself in his word. It is the mirror. It is the looking glass. And let God show you what is an accurate view of you. Search me, O God. Try me. Know me. The God that knows everything about you will show you you if you'll let him. So let's not be like these proud Laodiceans. Let's be humble enough to see ourselves in the light that God shows us in. So I hope that helps today. We're going to come back and do our best to finish uh, this chapter uh, next episode. Hope you'll stay along for the ride. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.